Thank you, Jesse. How's everybody doing today? Hopefully better than that, but that's all right. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go because this is the early service. It's okay. A uh, couple things I want to say before we go uh, into the message. The first one is, um, uh, she's going to hate this, Kaylee. Kaylee Fleming. Come here, come here for a second. Come here for a second. I was just thinking about this while you were preaching. Come on, come on for a second. I'm going to embarrass you. I was just thinking about this while you were singing. How many people are thankful for our worship team and for Kaylee who leads our worship department? We love you. You're awesome. I'm proud of you. You can go sit down. I was just thinking because um, uh, selfishly, I requested that last song we just did. And I was just sitting there thinking, man, how lucky are we at Hope City that like we hear a song on the radio and we're like, man, I wish we did that. And then we do it. And it's like better than they did it on the radio. And uh, it's not just Kaylee, it's an amazing team, but Kaylee has been leading our worship for years now and uh, homegrown and we love you, Kaylee. So glad you're part of, uh, of the team here. Couple other things. Uh, thank you to Jesse, thank you to Pastor Katie, Pastor Joe, our women's conference last week. The last four weeks have been so great and um, they have not only been teaching you and doing an amazing job teaching you, but they have been filling in for me uh, I came to our team uh, a couple of weeks ago and just said, hey, I'm tired, I'm very tired. And I think normally in the summers, we kind of pace ourselves, but because of working towards the merger this summer, uh, we just kind of gave 110%. I know everybody did, not just me. And I was just running on empty. And I said, hey, if I could just get grab a couple of weeks and the team was so amazing. I'm so thankful to have a staff and elders who are able to just rally together. And so I just wanna say thank you to all of you guys for speaking and not only doing an amazing job just as pastors, but also giving me a little bit of break. And I really appreciate that. So can we just say thank you to our pastors? So I, I am excited to be back. I'm speaking this week. Uh, next week, I've been told I'm not speaking. I don't know what's happening, but they're doing something. And then uh, the next week, we're starting our fall series. So uh, every fall and every spring, we like to take uh, a book of the Bible, usually a book of the Bible, um, and just take you know an extended period of time to study that. We're gonna be doing that this fall. And I'm really excited about that. That's my favorite. One of my favorite things I do as pastors is to be able to study a book of the Bible together. So we're gonna start uh, studying Exodus together in two weeks. And we're gonna do that for most of the fall. Um, and then I can't preach Exodus during Christmas, I don't think. So we're gonna stop and uh, do something Christmassy, uh, but maybe we'll figure out a way to tie it into Christmas. I don't know, uh, but we're gonna study Exodus a while. So anyway, thanks for being here. I'm excited to be back uh, speaking for you and it's gonna be a good time, all right? Today, I wanna talk about choices. Everybody say choices. choices. Talk about choices. Um, and specifically, I wanna talk about this idea of the next choice. Um, that's something all of us have to do in our lives. We have to make the next choice. And I, there's a statement that I've said before, I'm sure we've used it in some way before, uh, but it has been on my mind this week again. And it's just, this, this is the statement. The statement is that, um, is that faith or, or grace makes me right with God. Jesus, we could say this way, Jesus makes me right with God, but my choices help me feel close to God. Let me say that again. Jesus makes me right with God, but my choices help me feel close to God. And I love this statement because you know, if you're around Hope City at all, you know we spend a lot of time talking about Jesus. Jesus makes us right with God. The cross makes us right with God. We're saved by faith, through grace. Saved by grace, through faith in Jesus Christ. 
It's not based on our actions. We're not saved by our actions. We're not unsaved by our actions. It is Jesus, it is grace, it is Jesus, it is grace. It is, we just beat that drum as much as we can beat it because when you get away from that, then you start getting into legalism and you start getting into all kinds of things that only lead to emotional unhealth. You know, you either start feeling very prideful because you think you're behaving better than everybody else or you start feeling so condemned because you can't get it together enough. And what's happening in those instances is somebody who just has not believed in and accepted the grace of God. Maybe said a salvation prayer, maybe been coming to church for a long time, but there is this moment that every Christian has to experience when we realize we are incapable in ourselves of being good enough for God. That's true before we're saved and that's true after we're saved. We are incapable of being good enough for God, good enough to have a relationship with God. So we need a savior. We need someone who is good enough for God and we need to take credit for that. Guess who that is? That's Jesus Christ. This is the gospel. And so we get credit for Jesus's life because he took credit for ours. But in order to do that, we have to believe that Jesus did what he did we have to believe that it's available to us. We have to believe in that salvation in Jesus Christ. That is what makes us right with God. It is Jesus who makes us right with God. Can I say it again? It is Jesus who makes us right with God. More Jesus is always a good thing. It's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. That's how we become a Christian. That's how we stay a Christian, Jesus, okay? You with me? Okay, it's Jesus, but, but, Grace saves us, but grace does not make choices for us. And, and if we want to have a relationship with God that feels personal, that feels intimate, that feels joyful, that feels uh, passionate, that feels powerful, all of those adjectives that could describe that relationship with Jesus, it, it requires action on our part. It requires choices on our part. Jesus makes us right with God. That's all Jesus. All we can do is believe in, in the work of Jesus. But if you're here today, like so many of us are and like so many Christians are around the world, if you're here today and you would say, I'm a Christian, but there's something that's lacking. Like I, I'm underwhelmed. You know, I, I'm, it's, it doesn't seem to be the same way it is for the people around me or my prayer life seems to be non-existent or I try to read the Bible, but it doesn't work or I don't feel the presence of God in my life or um, I just feel as if I belong to an association, but I don't feel as if I have a actual personal relationship. I would say it's not because of what Jesus did. And yes, it's possible that maybe you haven't put your faith in Jesus yet. It's possible. We talk about that a lot. But I would say probably what's happening is you're not making the right choices. And it sounds so simple, but it is true and it's powerful. And researchers estimate that the average adult makes 35,000 remotely conscious decisions every day. I've actually tried to search for a lot of different sources on that. And that is the number that keeps coming back. I, that sounds a little high to me, but you know, I'm not smart enough to, to, to argue that, I guess. But out of those 35,000, 226 are about food alone. That sounds low. I'm just, a day? 226 a day? That sounds low about food, uh, at least for my house. But um, we make a lot of choices. And most of those choices are kind of on autopilot. That's why it doesn't feel like we make as many choices as we do. They happen on a subconscious level. You know, we don't think turn left out of our neighborhood. We don't think 
put on deodorant, we just do it, you know? And because so many choices are on autopilot, um, that's one of the reasons it's hard to break bad habits because our brain loves to do things the way we've always done them. Even if that way is not giving us the life that we wanna have, we still do them because our brain has just categorized these things into autopilot. And so where it gets a little bit personal and where it gets a little bit painful is for uh, a lot of us today who would say, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at in my faith. I'm not satisfied with where I'm at in my life. Uh, Even let's take it outside of the faith Uh, realm for a second. Maybe you'd say, I don't love my job. Or maybe you would say, I've fallen out of love with my spouse, or I don't love where I live. Or, you know, in that faith realm, I don't feel close to God anymore. Or maybe you would say, I don't have, you know, good friends, or I don't have enough money. Where it can get tricky is that in the middle of our misery, we feel powerless. We find scapegoats, you know, we blame all of our issues on everybody else take very little responsibility for our own misery. But if there is something in your life or things today in your life that you would say, um, I'm dissatisfied, you are not powerless. This is the lesson we're trying to teach in the Isaacs household right now to a 14, 10, eight, about to be eight, and six-year-old. Hey, you are not powerless. Yes, there are things you cannot do, but there are so many things you can do and so many things you have control over but we don't feel like we have a choice. You know, if we don't like our job, we say, I don't like my job, but I have to have a paycheck or, you know, I have to pay the bills. Or if we say, well, I don't have any friends, we say, well, because there's just, you know, nobody has time for me or there's lots of different excuses or reasons that feel legitimate to us because our patterns and our choices are so ingrained in who we are that when we don't like who we are or where we are, we feel like we've just lost some lottery in life, the DNA lottery, right? You know, I mean, they, they got a lucky break. They're just more talented. They're better looking. They're more charismatic. I struggle with this. My inse- I have so much insecurity in my life about, you know, personality skills that I lack. And, and I look at other people who are just so, that's why I married Andrea. One of the reasons I married Andrea is just to hide behind her. And, and uh, you know, I look at people who just have so much charisma and, so, and I just think like, man, they just hit the jackpot. You know, but that's just insecurity coming out of me, me feeling powerless. And you have those too. Other people got lucky or God blessed them. God gives, you know, them more opportunities. And, and hear me, I'm not saying that, that, that there are not different breaks in life. Of course there are. Different starting points in life. Oh my goodness, of course there are. But you have the ability to choose. You have the ability to make choices in your life, in all areas of your life, but especially in the spiritual realm of your life. And it's easy to feel like faith is magical or it's out of our control. And if God wanted me to feel closer to him, he would just make that happen. Or if God wanted me to experience miracles, he would just make that happen. If God wanted me to be more connected in my church or use my gifts a little bit more, he would make that happen. But can I tell you over the years, now 17 years here at the church, but in church my whole life, can I tell you the people who grow and connect and experience more of God, they are the people who take the initiative to go out of their way to try to grow and connect and be closer to God. And I know that sounds so like two plus two equals four, but I wanna say it again because I want it to settle into us. 
that when you look around, or if you do potentially look around the room today and you say, man, they seem to be more connected. They seem to have more friends. They seem to be closer to Jesus. They seem to whatever. Perception is not always reality. That's the first thing we should say. But the second thing I would say is, if you look at people and you see that in them and you think, well, that's not fair, I would say throughout my experience, those are people who have made choices that you have not made to engage, to connect, to grow. And choices make a difference. Choices make a difference. Those things don't just happen. They are the results of choices that we make. And so that's what I wanna emphasize today is choices. Making the choice to grow or to connect or to feel like you're making a difference. And so in in about 15 minutes or so when I'm done, I'm going to challenge you, just so you know where we're going, I'm gonna challenge you to take a next step, to make a next choice. That's within your control today. Nobody can take that step for you. Nobody can make that choice for you. And Jesse read to us a few verses from uh, chapter one and the beginning of chapter two of 1 Peter about us being born again. And how beautiful that is that we're born again, but the responsibility that's on us after we are born again, it's Jesus who makes us right with God, but it's our choices that cause us to feel close to God. And we forget that sometimes. And these verses remind us of that, that that it's Jesus and our choices. And I just wanna read verse two of chapter two. I know Jesse read more for us. I just wanna read uh, chapter two, verse two, one verse for you again. This is what, Peter said, Peter said, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. And at first, this can sound a little strange, this verse, because it's talking about nursing and milk and all of that. And, you know, I guess we could get weird with some metaphors there. But It's powerful because what it's saying is that when we commit our life to Jesus, we are born again, it's Jesus. The Bible tells us we become brand new. So we start over with a brand new heart, just like a baby, just like an infant who comes into a new world and is now needing nourishment and needing training. And so we come into this new life, spiritually speaking, learning how to walk and talk and get along with others, learning how to grow in Christ. And, and along the way, we have to wonder, how do we do that? How, how do we grow in Christ? How do we do that? And he tells us that we grow when we're fed. And, and that if we will crave, if we will desire God things, we can experience, here's the phrase, the full experience of salvation. The full experience of salvation. And, and that's an interesting phrase, full experience, that would lead me to believe that it's possible to also experience the half experience of salvation or the minimum experience of salvation, that if it would be possible to experience the full experience, everybody say full, if it'd be possible to experience the full experience of salvation, it would also be possible to not experience the full experience of salvation. Well, I think if I could paraphrase what Peter's saying in some way, I think he would say you can experience a lot of God or very little of God. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to your choices. 
We love full experiences. I, I had the amazing opportunity this past week. Uh, some friends of mine over the years, have, we get together on, a, on my birthday and take a golf trip. And we had an opportunity this week to go to Pinehurst. If you know anything about golf, you know Pinehurst is a big deal. If you don't know anything about golf, you don't care. And that's okay. Um, but we got to go. It's, it's this just old traditional, you know, just, just golf, just throw up golf everywhere. It was unbelievable. And uh, I walked on the property and I felt like everybody else feels at Disneyland. I never got it at Disney World, but you know, I've got it here, right? And so the guy asked me, he said, listen, we would recommend, uh, on one of the courses we play, he said, we'd recommend, this is what he said. He said, in order to get the full experience, we'd recommend that you walk with a caddy. Now, if you know anything about golf, you know that like the pros have caddies. We don't have caddies, but the pros have caddies. And I said, yeah, I'll take one. And so I got to play uh, two of the days walking down these historic fairways with a caddy carrying my bag, reading the putt, cleaning the clubs. I felt like a pro, it was unbelievable, walking, getting this full experience. But my friend didn't and he liked it, but he didn't get the, the full experience. And this was big for me because normally I'm a very cheap vacationer. I wanna get the maximum experience with the minimum investment. I'm Grouponing. Come on, is that a still a thing? Groupon? I don't know, but I'm Grouponing. But I have learned the older I've got that there are some times that you've got to just go all in to get the full experience. Some of you know this with sports, right? Football season, tailgating, season tickets, whatever it is. I know we're in Louisville, it's downtime in football right now, but that's okay. It's okay. But, but you don't wanna just sneak in and sneak out. You want the full experience. You, you, your TV at your house right now, I'm willing to bet it's not 28 inches. No, I'm willing to bet that you got the full experience. You probably got the sound bar, the surround sound. When you're test driving the new car that you wanna buy, you know, you're probably, you know, you're, you're getting the, you know, the seat warmers, you know, you're getting the lumbar support, you know what it is? I mean, you're, you're getting the, the, whatever it is, the leather stitching, I don't know, but you're doing it because you want the full experience. Can you tell I know nothing about cars? Okay. We all appreciate the full experience. And the same thing is true in our faith that Jesus gives us this opportunity of salvation, that he gives us this, this relationship with God. We can't earn it, we did nothing for it, but confess our sin and accept the gift of Jesus. But salvation is not just about a moment, a single moment. It's about a changed life. It's not just about heaven one day, it's about the kingdom of God here now. And so, Peter wants us to know that Jesus makes us right with God, but our choices help us feel close to God. And evidently we can choose to either have the full experience of salvation or not. And I don't know about you, but I want the full experience. I wanna read just one more verse to you. Uh, actually, two verses real quick from 1 Corinthians. We did not read this, but they're gonna put it up on the screen for you. And it's, it's another verse that gets really practical and I wanna read it because it's another time when one of the authors in the Bible uses this analogy again of this infant, this baby, this milk. This is what it says, 1 Corinthians chapter three, verses one and two. It says, dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, this is Paul now, not Peter. He says, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food because you weren't ready for anything stronger. 
So here again is another example of this idea that when we commit our life to Jesus, we are born again just like a new infant, but growth is not guaranteed. Growth is a choice. And so Paul's writing to this group of people who have made the choice not to grow. They have made the choice not to grow. And he says to them, I would love to be able to go a little deeper, press a little harder, give you a a more personal experience, but I can't do that because I have to treat you like a baby. Burn, right? And so Paul and Peter both saying this same thing, that you can be saved, but not growing. That you could be a Christian but not be developing and not be changing and not be uh, becoming more like Jesus Christ. That you could be right with God because of Jesus, but that you could feel so far from God. And it's not because God is so far from you. It's because you're not making the choices to feel closer to God. And growth is a choice. Progress is a choice. Improvement is a choice. And I wanna be careful when I say that because I, I don't wanna make a, 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 a faith sound like a factory line. You know, it's like Sunday morning, do this. Monday morning, do this. You know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now you've graduated to level two. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Now you've graduated to level three. That's not what I'm saying because the Holy Spirit's involved. So you, you're not gonna be able to create a formula but Christians for thousands of years have been doing some things. Like we don't have to reinvent these things. Like what, what should we do? We can look to see what Jesus did and the disciples did and the, and the church fathers have done and the church historically has done. And it's not rocket science. These are just things that we do and we continue to make these choices, the spiritual disciplines and prayer and fasting, silence, solitude, fellowship, celebration, There's 15 of them. We've talked about them before. We'll talk about them again. But these are choices that we make. And what's interesting is that Peter says that we should crave them, to which we would say, yeah, that's the problem. I don't really crave them. But cravings are created. You crave the things that you have experienced. You never crave anything you haven't experienced. But then you, you know, you go to that restaurant and you eat that dessert and then you go, man, I want that thing again. And then you, you know, you, you experience things in life and you want it again. And so there is a season for any human being. There is a starting point for any human being where you have to make yourself do things you don't want to do so that you can begin to crave those things that are good for your soul. If you're waiting to feel like you want to before you do it, guess what you're never gonna do? Start. You're just not. There is a season where you say, I'm not good. I'm not good at fasting. Well, nobody's good at fasting. So I'm not good at prayer. Well, nobody starts out good at prayer. I'm not good at scripture study. Nobody starts out good at scripture study. The flip side is true too. You say, I'm not good at fellowship. I'm not good at celebration. This is something I've been trying to practice lately is like celebrating more. And I'm not good at that. Well, guess what you gotta do to get better at it? Practice it. You gotta practice it. And as you do, you begin to crave those things. So Jesus makes you right with God. I hope you know that. I hope that you do not leave here today thinking that, my salvation depends on how many good choices I make this week. 
because that would be mishearing everything I've just said. I could start over, but you don't want me to do that, okay? Jesus makes us right with God. But the quality and the depth of our relationship with him, the way that the proximity we feel to him is determined by the choices that we make. And so what, what choice do you need to make? What next step do you need to make? What is it that you would say, there are some things in my life that I would like to change, improve, grow. In my faith, I would like to feel closer to God. You gotta make a choice. I, I jotted down a couple. There are many, many more than this. Uh, I just jotted down a few. I wrote down, come back. Like for some of you this morning, the next choice you need to make is just to come back to church next week because you come once every like six months or maybe this is your first time ever and you're experiencing it and that's fine. We try our best at Hope City to be pressure free. We want the Holy Spirit to draw you in. And maybe you're here and you would say, you know what, I am on this journey and, uh, and I would like to be growing. Maybe the next choice for you is just to prioritize. You know, what? no matter what happens, I'm gonna be there next week. I'm gonna be at church. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a little further than that. Maybe you say, I do faithfully come. You say, well, you know what? I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna get in a group. I'm gonna go beyond the rows and I'm gonna get in, in a group somewhere. And we're not up here saying that the first time you show up to a group, it's going to be the most life-changing experience you've ever had. But we do believe that if you keep showing up, you're gonna start craving it. And you'll wanna be a part of that group and have friends. Maybe it's to share your faith with someone. Maybe that terrifies you, the thought of talking about your faith, or it's inviting someone to come with you to church. You know, we, what I have experienced personally and what we have experienced here as a church is that we know you love Hope City, but until you bring somebody with you who's not a Christian and they sit beside you and you think about every aspect of this church through the lens of your friend that doesn't know Jesus, you will come to love it even more and appreciate it even more especially if that person commits their life to Jesus Christ. Nothing will ignite your faith like seeing someone that you love start a relationship with Jesus Christ. Some of you, the next choice you need to make is to start giving financially, to start tithing financially because you've been a part of this church for a while and you have enjoyed everything and benefited from what God has doing. And maybe there's been these feelings and nudges in your heart, but you're like terrified and you're doing the math and it doesn't add up. And, and, and you're like, man, I don't know if we can do that. But you make the choice. You take the step. You begin to know God in a new way. You begin to experience him in a new way. You begin to see his faithfulness in a new way. And so you say, you know what, I'm gonna do it. Maybe for some of you, you need to remove something from your life. This painful choice that you have to make to say, I know that I need to remove something from my life. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I'm sure we'll talk about it some in the future, but you know, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're not allowed to walk away from some friendships or maybe from a job or from some toxic, unhealthy relatives or, you know, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you have to stay when you should go. Everything beyond marriage, everything beyond that covenant of marriage, we're not stuck in those things. God wants to do something miraculous and marvelous, maybe within that marriage, you know, if you're thinking about that example, but outside of that, you can make a choice. You can make a choice.
Maybe you wanna remove a habit. Maybe you need to remove a person. That's the choice. That's the step. I wrote down some other ones. Uh, Maybe you need to read a book. Just read a book. Go to somebody you love and trust, somebody that is, is where maybe you wanna be, and you say, hey, would you have a book that you would recommend that I could read? And you say, well, I'm, I don't like reading. Well, fantastic. Read it anyway. I'm not good at reading. Well, read it slowly. Just go to somebody and say, hey, do you have any book that I would recommend? And, and man, I bet they do. I bet they do. Some of you, the choice maybe you need to make is to wake up earlier. And I know that's not true for everybody because some of your days start insanely early. For others of you, you could say, you know what, maybe, maybe, 15, maybe just 15 minutes in the morning would change the whole flow of my day. 30 minutes in the morning would change the whole flow of my day. Maybe it's to forgive someone. Maybe there's the, 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 the bitterness that you've been holding onto. It's time to forgive them, whether they receive it or not, whether they think that, that they owe it to you or not. You say, I'm gonna forgive them. Maybe it's to apologize to someone. I mean, we could keep going all morning and saying that for every person in this room, there's a next choice you can make. You're not helpless, you're not stuck, and you do not have to stay where you are. But if you wanna change where you are or the way you feel about where you are, guess what you gotta do? You gotta do something. You gotta do something. You gotta take a step. You gotta make a choice. And so that's the whole agenda of my message today is I'm challenging you to make a choice, take a step. It's our heart here that people would experience more of Jesus, that people would experience Jesus and they would begin to change deeply in their souls. And God could do that miraculously for us without any effort on our part, but that's never been how he's worked. He does the parts that we cannot do, like providing the solution for our sin but he leaves the parts that we can do up to us and it requires us to make a choice. And so that's what I'm challenging you to do today. We're gonna pray in just a moment. And as we pray, I'm gonna ask the Holy Spirit to just, hopefully it's already happened, but something in your heart, something in your mind. So you know what? It's just one choice, but I'm gonna make a choice. And I'm gonna have to fight. I'm gonna have to go upstream for a week or two or three because this is not naturally a part of what I do or my flow, but I'm gonna fight it because I wanna crave it. So I'm gonna start it because I wanna crave it and I'm gonna make a choice. And my prayer for you is that the Holy Spirit would make that choice to you evident today. So I'm gonna pray. They're gonna set up the elements of communion for us. Kaylee and the team are gonna come back and lead us in worship. Um, And you're gonna have an opportunity to to pray with the prayer volunteers that come forward or or to, to take communion. But if you come forward to take communion, I would just encourage you, as you're dipping the bread into the juice, I would just encourage you to remember that Jesus made you right with God. There is zero pressure on you to figure out a way to be good enough for God. No pressure. But you have the power. Jesus has given you the agency. The Holy Spirit is with you to enable you to make a choice and to take a step. So as we remember Christ, we remember we're right with God. No condemnation, no shame for where we are, but we don't have to stay the way we are through the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? I'm gonna pray for us. Will you bow your heads? God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you sent the solution to our sin and separation from you. That you did not leave us on our own to try to squirm and to try to crawl and scrape our way to some existence that would never be good enough, but you sent Jesus Christ 
And now we can live in freedom and confidence, no guilt, no shame, no condemnation, because we are right with you. But God, I pray that right now we would be led by the Holy Spirit to know what it is, what's the next step we should take, the next choice that we should make, the next action that we should move on. Not because we need to somehow solidify our salvation, but because we wanna grow. We wanna know you more. We wanna experience you more. We wanna feel closer to you. And so God, I pray that today you would give us the courage to take a step and to make a choice. That we would leave here not looking back or not staying where we are, but taking one small step towards the future you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.